2: This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, the show where America is the star and the American people. And to listen to the Our American Stories podcast, go to the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joe Garman always knew he wanted to go into ministry, but on his own terms. In his words, God had other ideas. He first tried his hand at churches, but they thought he looked too young. So he started a youth revival ministry and through twists and turns ended up in South Korea doing mission work with his wife Linda. Then he was asked to come speak to some incarcerated Americans there. Let's get into the story.
3: Well, one day I was in the mission house <laughs> minding my own business, I might say, and there was a knock on the door and it was a military chaplain and uh, he had just been to that prison in Taejon which was a huge prison and he he told me that where he was stationed it was just too far to have to come to visit that prison on a regular basis the, the roads were not all that good so he asked me he said this Wednesday I have scheduled a 45 minute a teaching session with the prisoners, would you fill in for me? I said yes, but in my heart I said no. I did not want to, you know, I had 13 churches to oversee and a Bible college and all these youth ministries. What was I gonna do going into a prison? I didn't want to get tied down in a prison work. So I told him yes, but as soon as I shut the front door, I leaned against the door And I said to Linda, I will go one time and that's it. And Linda has always been more spiritual than me. And she said, Joe, why don't you go? You just might like it. And I said, I will not like it. (laughs) And uh, I mean, I uh, I went with the wrong attitude, with the wrong heart. And I spent 45 minutes with those guys. And um, not 46, I spent 45 just like I promised I would. And I was on my way out. And the Korean chaplain, he caught me just before I was going through the last door of the prison. And he said, oh, it was so wonderful to have you here. Would you please come back and speak to my Korean prisoners? Well... Um, I've always had a problem in my life, and that is that I, I just can't say no to anybody for anything. I might not do it again, but I can't say no the first time, you know. I've got to say yes. So, once again, with the wrong attitude, I said yes. And uh, when I went back to that prison, he met me at the front door. We went all the way from one end of the prison to the other, it was a long prison. And when we got to the end, there was the gymnasium. And inside this gymnasium were about, I would, I would guesstimate there was about 400 men. I mean, there was not room for anything but just those men. They were sitting cross-legged on the ground, on the floor. And we were so tight in that little gymnasium that I couldn't even move to the right or to the left. My interpreter stood beside me and um, I preached like a dying man to dying men, you know? I mean, when I saw the hunger that was in their eyes and uh, the opportunity I had here well, the Spirit moved upon me, I can say that. And I just preached my heart out to those guys. And when I was finished, you know at the Billy Graham Crusades, they they say come forward. Well, there's no way anybody could come forward in that crowded condition. So I said to my interpreter, I said, Mr. Kim, um if they want to make a decision for Christ, if they want to completely commit themselves to the Lord, have them to stand up. And the whole room stood like one body. I mean, not just a few here and a few there, the whole room, just the ground moved. And I turned to Mr. Kim and I said, they must not have understood. Have them all sit down again. That's the kind of faith I had, you know. They must have misunderstood. So they all sat down again. And I said, now I'm not gonna speak any English. I want you just in Korean to speak to them and um, tell them just exactly what I've said. So he he preached for a few minutes and then he turned to them and he said, okay, I finished. And I said, did you uh, tell them everything? I said, yes, I did. And I said, okay, now you tell them Only those who want to make a commitment to Christ and become Christians and leave all other religions behind. Please stand. And the whole room stood like one body. I mean, that's the day that I saw where I needed to be right there. I went home that day and I told Linda we're going to go full-time into prison ministry.
2: And you've been listening to Joe Garmin tell one heck of a story about his experience inside a South Korean prison. He was asked to substitute Bible teach there by a friend and didn't really want to do it. Why don't you go, you just might like it, his wife said. He went, though, that first time with a wrong heart. Second time he went, still with a wrong heart, But, well, as life can do to us all, he saw something that changed his heart. All those men crammed into a gymnasium. And as he put it, I preached like a dying man to dying men. I preached my heart out to those guys. When we come back, more of Joe Garman's story here on Our American Stories. Visit betterhelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash OAS. BetterHelp H E L P dot com slash OAS. And we continue with our American stories and Joe Garman's story. When we last left off, Joe had decided to go into prison ministry full time, something he initially didn't want to do. But after an astounding moment witnessing what he witnessed in a South Korean prison, well, those prisoners changed his heart. Those prisoners changed his life. Let's return to the story here again. Is Joe Garman?
3: Korea is not hard to get around in. It's only the same size as our state of Indiana. So you can get on the train in one corner of Korea and by the afternoon be in the other corner of Korea. And then you can come back the same night, you know? So, I mean, we traveled all over South Korea. Every little prison, every little reformatory we went to. Well, after a year of that, I received a letter from Cecil Todd. Do you remember Cecil Todd of of Revival Fires? See, this was before Chuck Colson came along. He said, we don't have a prison ministry. Why don't you come here to America? Do here what you did in Korea. So we came back here to America. Well, how are you gonna do this? I went to several Red Cross uh, Salvation Armies and um, asked them, how do you do your prison ministry nationwide? Well, the Salvation Army doesn't have a nationwide prison ministry. They have certain towns and cities where they have a prison ministry, but as far as an organized prison ministry, they don't have it, or they didn't in that day. and. I went to this person and that person, nobody could help me, so I just bought a one-way plane ticket to Washington, D.C. Can you imagine that? I mean, I did not know anybody in Washington, but I heard that we had a chief of chaplains over the federal system in Washington. He was located in the Pentagon. I mean, this little Missouri boy, I'd never even been to the Pentagon before, you know. Went in there and um, found his office number and everything, went up in the elevator to his floor, and when I walked through the front door, there was a lady sitting behind a big round desk, and I introduced her as uh, who I was and what I'd come to do. And she said do you have an appointment and I said no (laughs) and she said okay give me a minute within five minutes I was sitting down at the desk with him and I learned that day that that's exactly where I should have gone because you see there is what is called the trickle-down theory in the prison ministry new rehabilitation programs start on the federal level because they have more money to work if they're successful they trickle down into the state and then into the county and then into the city jails that's how it works so if I would have gone to a state prison I would probably just been in a state prison but because I started on the federal level and all of this was by God's design I still get shivers just thinking about it because i started on the federal level what happened is he said i'm going to give you a letter that you can use to get into any federal prison in america and he said i'm going to send a letter to all of my chaplains asking them to cooperate i mean this is the first time i ever met the man you know it was just like god was pulling all the strings because he was and so that's my story and I started on the federal level and started trickling down into the state and into the county. And today we're in all 50 states plus all, all five of the territories. And we are in many nations overseas. We, by faith, believe that we have been able to help people get over whatever the problem was that took them to prison in the first place. We know that for a fact. We've had them tell us and write us and all this stuff, so. Perhaps the greatest story that happened to us was the baptism of Emmanuel Noriega, the dictator of Panama. I was privileged to be a part of his uh, conversion story and uh, we, pr- we also build baptistries here for our prisons. We have a baptistry shop out back. So we provided the baptistry for him and uh, he was baptized into Christ. And when he got out of prison, of course he was uh, extradited back to Panama and he lived with his daughter until he died. And uh, the people in Panama have told us that he was faithful to Christ all the way. Of course his daughter was nothing to be ashamed of. She was an awesome Christian. She made sure that he kept his walk with the Lord going. She actually served as my interpreter when I would witness to him. Can you imagine sitting there talking to your daughter and uh, your daughter talking to you about sin? <laughs> your need to be freed from your sin. I mean, this is coming from your daughter. So, yes, that that is probably the greatest. Of course, they're, they're all great, you know, from the least to the most. In Korea, several of the prisons I went to, the correctional officers would say, did you bring us any Bibles today? And I say, yes, I did. Oh, we'll help you bring them in. So they'd go out to the Jeep and we'd unload them and they'd bring them in. But we learned later in some of these prisons that they were using them for toilet tissue. They didn't have toilet tissue for the prisoners. I was so angry, so angry, because that was our money. You know, we had been buying those out of our money. I went straight to the prison. The warden was a friend of mine. And I said, is this true? And he said, yes, it's true. And uh, I, I vowed I would not put another Bible in a prison for this reason, see. I just, out of anger, I just did that. And then it came about that uh, I got a letter from a Chinese man in there who had been going to the restroom and started reading the toilet tissue, <laughs> and uh, he read, he read the first chapter of First John, and it convinced him it was all about the Lord being love, you know, and he had never heard anything like this before that the Lord was love. He had always heard that the Lord was angry and punished people, and he said, "Brother Joe, would you please? This is all. This is all the paper I have." would you please bring me a Bible? And I thought, well, I'll do it. <laughs> so I took him a Bible and that man, when he was released, can you believe this? He, he had been a prisoner and they made him the night security guard on a, on a Bible college campus. <laughs> that was his story. He, he, he gave his whole life to the Lord and, he was just one of the best uh, nighttime watchmen that they'd ever had. That's why it's important. Because they need to realize that in God's eyes, there's somebody.
2: And a terrific job on the editing, production, and storytelling by our own Monty Montgomery. And a special thanks to Joe Garman for sharing his story. He's the founder of American Rehabilitation Ministries. Otherwise known as ARM or ARM. And you can find out more about them at ARMMIN.org, armmin.org. They domestically minister to 1.8 million people who were incarcerated in America's over 1,500 state and federal prisons. And that story of that Chinese man, an American, bringing the Bible to a Chinese man who was using it as toilet paper, read that one piece of paper from there came to God. The story of Joe Garman, the story of how God moved him to serve the least of these, here on Our American Stories.
0: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico, Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series. You'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the '90s with iHeart '90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo
3: Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust